Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. All right, you guys know what time it is. We are getting back to another episode of Royally Obsessed for all your royal news. As always, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Email us info at gallerypodcasts.com. We love, love hearing from our listeners. Rachel lovely to see you through the zoom feed again always always although i love when we have the moments in person i know i know what are we talking about today because we're winding down winter and gearing up for spring and there's a lot it feels like that's coming up so i we know have a lot it of feels like spring in brooklyn actually i feel like i've been really enjoying my walks to school with finn because we've been talking so much about signs of spring and that's such a fun thing to discuss Aww. all the flowers popping out but we have a lot to look forward to in this week's episode, birthday wishes for Princess Eugenie. Happy birthday. We'll be talking about that. Kate's engagement ring. This is an investigative report, or it kind of turned into that, right, Roberta, which is inspired by exactly. a, a listener DM. We also have a Mothering Sunday recap from the UK. They celebrated this past weekend. Kate's latest engagement, lots of engagement references, on behalf of the early years, Charles Spencer shade, and a lot, a lot more. I'm really pumped. He is throwing that shade and I am here for it. So here for but it. But first, like you mentioned before we get into all that, we need to have a royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. This week, we're choosing to Princess Eugenie. Like you mentioned, it's her birthday on March 23rd. She'll be turning 33 years old. 33 years young. Wow. Very young. Yeah. I didn't realize young. that. Yeah, so we had to get a Eugenie-approved drink, and this is a drink that she mentioned in her article in Harper's Bazaar in 2016. She had that gorgeous spread. She wore an embroidered applique floral dress. It's stunning, but I love this quote. She's talking about her daily routine, and she says, two of my favorite restaurants in London are Boca di Lupo and the Palomar in Soho. For dinner, when I'm being good, I cook my own food. When I'm being really bad, it's Basilico pizza, and my favorite drink is vodka soda with loads of lime. Time. So Yum. we have mixed up our vodka sodas. Cheers, Rachel. Cheers. Oh my gosh. Take I love sip. the Boku de Lime because I feel like I need that. The vodka hits kind of strong for me. <laughs> I'm not a vodka yes, drinker yes. as much, but I used to be. Now I'm not so much, but anyways, happy birthday, Eugenie. Happy we birthday. need to quickly have a detour as always for Ted Lasso at the White House. Did you see those clips, Roberta? I kind of like teared up watching his speech. <laughs> I just loved it so much. And all of the cast members posting with Michelle Obama's portrait. It was so good. That content is so good. I think for me, it was Trent Krim in the crowd. Like that moment for me, I just loved. I was like, who came up with that? They are so smart. So smart. This is this was the highlight of my week, I think. Um, I wanted to call out a couple of royal things coming up on the calendar, though. On Sunday, we'll see Charles and Camilla travel to France for the start of their first state visit as king and queen consort. 
the protests over there are, you know, uh, out in full force for uh, the retirement age being raised. So they will go to France and then Germany. But this is kind of in bubbling up in the news. And I wonder how this will be handled by their royal team. And that is Sunday. I know. But there's something way more important happening on Sunday, and that is the fact that you are running your very first <laughs> half marathon. Everyone needs to DM, cheer Roberta on. This is so big. Are you ready? Oh, thank you so much. Um, no, I'm not ready. Send me all of the tips via DM, please, if there are any runners that are listening. I need them. Like, am I supposed to eat those squeezy things that they hand out, like the energy gels? Like, people said yes, and then they said no. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, Rachel, but I did complete 12 weeks of training for this, so I'm very proud of myself. So that's, that's, that's such a commitment, turtle. Roberta. I'm so Thank proud you for of shouting you. that out. Oh, I you're so love sweet. that. Also cool that Charles will be in France. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, all right. Our listener email, this is actually a DM. Whitney wrote to us. She said, ladies, I need your investigative journalism. I had a shower thought. Where does Someone Kate needs to Store trademark Diana's- shower thoughts. Shower thought TM. Where does Kate store Diana's ring when she sleeps? Does she put it in a safe? Most of us normies just put it in a ring dish, but surely a jewel worth that much and of that much importance isn't sitting next to her bedside while unconscious. Does she have to open the safe every single day to put it on? What about when traveling and there's overnight visits? Does the royal team bring a safe? Does she wear a replica? Help, I need answers, says Whitney. And she said, do you ever think about this and do you have any explanations? Well, Whitney, we wanted to help out. We called on the experts. We tapped Lauren over at thecourtjeweler.com. She also has an Instagram, at courtjeweler, and an email newsletter, which is a delight to get in your inbox. And Lauren at the court jeweler said, I love this question and I really wish we knew the answer. You can probably guess that royals are pretty tight lipped about the day to day locations and routines regarding their jewelry. Royal jewelry pieces have been the target of thieves for generations, so we really don't know that much about the way they store or care for their most worn jewels. It's happened in recent memory, too. The Norwegian royals had heirloom jewels stolen from Gerard in broad daylight in 1995. And you might remember Fergie had diamonds stolen by a baggage handler when she flew from New York to the UK in the 90s. We generally By the way, I didn't know too much about the Fergie thing, and Roberta and I really enjoyed reading so much about that. So that's got to be a royal history moment coming soon to a po- an episode, don't you think, Roberta? Immediately Google's Fergie Jewel Heist. Um, Lauren continues, we generally know that there are safe places for jewelry storage in most royal residences. We also know Kate has been at least a little concerned about the safety of her ring in the past. She even mentioned it in their engagement interview. William seems to have been a little less worried since he famously carried it in his backpack when they went to Kenya for the proposal. The royals travel with security. We know they're usually extra careful about how they travel with any valuables. It's all a bit cloak and dagger. Wouldn't we love to know more? I think about this more than I should probably because she took it off during that scuba dive, right? Or did she leave it on? I think the controversy was she no, might- she she left it on. She left it on. Yeah, she left but it I on. Think- That's right. <laughs> And we sleuthed out from another anonymous source, too, who let us know that is kind of insidery with the royals, that this the royals kind of follow the mantra that the safest place for a ring when traveling is on the hand. And, you know, she didn't know exactly what happens when they're not at home, but I think that that kind of would explain the Belize thing. Right? Yeah. But I still feel like off- not that safe about it if it's on the hand in 
a deep scuba dive. I know. Kate's uh, recently been taking off her ring for our, um, especially hospital visits, like their first appearance post-spare. She didn't have the ring on. And so I guess that's for hygiene reasons. But where is it? Like, does her assistant Amy have it in like a little safe in her purse? I don't know. So interesting stuff. Thank you, Whitney, for writing us. Yeah, that was a fun investigative moment for us. Let's get into royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We are flashing back. It's been about three years, almost exactly this week, since kind of the U.S. in particular started to shut down for COVID, which is really staggering to think about. I feel like every time that is so uh, sort of stops you in your your tracks to think about how far we've come, but also flashing back and remembering what that all felt like. But it was also the moment that Princess Beatrice's royal wedding was called off. So Princess Beatrice's wedding had been set for May 29th, 2020 at St. James's Palace with a reception that was supposed to be held in the gardens at Buckingham Palace. It was canceled in favor of a ceremony with a small group of friends this particular week. The question was, was it canceled because of COVID? Yes, I believe that is the case. But there was also in the background a lot of fallout continuing from Andrew's November Newsnight interview the previous year at the end of 2019. Also, there were reports that B and Edo had actually delayed announcing their nuptials twice due to the family drama because it was first Andrew with that interview. Then in January 2020, it was the Sussex's departure. They were just trying to find a gap in the news cycle to share their wonderful love and exciting wedding ahead. I think it really was, Roberta, COVID that ended up ultimately canceling it in May, the May occasion, because it was really in line with the government guidance. The news came the day after the announcement to avoid social gatherings. But I think it was something where there was a lot of pressure on their wedding to be this big, giant affair at the time in May, because it would have been this royal reunion that felt a lot of people build would bring the family back together. Mm -hmm. Sort of interesting to think back about. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. I'm always fascinated by the relationships between the Eugenie Beatrice camp and the Sussexes because there's been so many weird overlaps where Meghan and Harry announced that she was pregnant at Eugenie's wedding, but then Beatrice announced she was pregnant on Meghan and Harry's anniversary. I just, I'm like so interested. There was an article recently about the friendship between Meghan and Beatrice and what is going on. I don't know. I'm just, I'm so fascinated by that. Yeah. I also think about how when we were at the 92nd Street Y, Fergie shed some light about this shift to the smaller wedding and how joyful that was because there was just so much less pressure. And I also couldn't help but looking back. I know this is flashing ahead to when the wedding was held. I think it was July 2020. But the pictures, remember when those came out? You think about the pandemic and what a bright spot it was to see Beatrice's wedding pics and that stunning garden. And no, Andrew wasn't in them, but you had the queen and Philip. And it was just this really you know, incredible feeling of, okay, we're going to get through this, but also yay micro weddings. (laughs) I love the micro wedding. It was such a great advertisement for that. I honestly think Beatrice's flowers out of any royal wedding in history are my all-time favorite. The colors are gorgeous. And also her borrowing the queen's dress, just stunning. The Norman Hartnell dress, it's so, so beautiful. So I, I think it turned out beautiful than it ever could have possibly. I mean, that I tiny so chapel. Too. It all works out. Oh, it does work out. So, all right. Worth the delay. Okay, jumping in to This Week in Kate, we're rebranding this 
because we have had a lot of Princess of Wales appearances. The first was St. Patrick's Day on Friday. We had our first real official Colonel Kate. She wore that bespoke teal Catherine Walker dress, which I love that it matched those plumes and the bearskin hats of some of the Irish guard. The coat dress also had a special slot for shamrocks, which, I mean, we just need to raise a glass for these tailors because it's impeccably tailored, first of all, to her body, but also these little little additions that make it easier for her. Like, I was wondering what else they could have added. Like, do they add dress weights at the bottom of the skirt? This dress didn't need it, of course, but like, what else is there? Is there armpit padding for sweat stains like that would be my number one request it's like if you're nervous sweating it's just incredible because i had to zoom in on pictures yeah and see that they had just this little perfect slot for the shamrocks to go into kate made her first speech as colonel of the irish guards and she spoke about her time recently doing those military exercises in salisbury so here's a clip from that speech last week i took the opportunity to visit some of you on salisbury Cave to see your inspiring work for myself. The day was bitterly cold, and while displaying your skills to yet another visitor was probably the last thing any of you wanted to do, all I saw was enthusiasm, pride, and incredible dedication. I was hugely impressed with your insistence that nothing is as bad as it seems, and most of all, your boundless, irreverent, glorious sense of humor so she spoke about their humor during the exercises would love to be a fly on the wall for those exchanges she also received the salute which was her first time doing that and inspected the regiment they then shared pints of guinness afterward with some of the members of the military William joked that he never was able to finish a pint at those things. I'm like, how, William? I'd be chugging that after having to give a speech, like absolutely chugging the drink because I would be just, the flutters were gone. You can also tell in pictures that there's this pre-speech kind of nervousness, I think. And then afterward, they just really are able to let their hair down and talk with these um, with these military members and their families. So it's it was a really lovely day. What did you think, Rachel? I just thought how striking the teal was against Mm -hmm. the rest. Like she just really, really stood out, but in such a beautiful way, it it was like the sea of everyone in the same uniform color. And then it was the perfect pop for me of color. And stood out against her past, I think St. Patrick's day looks that are all Mm -hmm. very dark green, because I think, you know, speaking of COVID in three years, it's like forgotten years that have just like flown by. It does feel like we're just, we're finally over that. And so to have this bright spot of teal in the lineup of, you know, I love those collages that people put together of all the outfits mm-hmm. throughout the years. So it just was really and lovely. The hat, and then we like, yeah, it was just so striking. Yeah, I know. Then we had on Tuesday, the business task force. So the Princess of Wales met with leaders of businesses, including Nat West, Unilever, Aviva, Deloitte, Ikea, Co-op, the Lego Group, and Iceland, which I was like, Iceland, the business? I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> Iceland, like visit Iceland. Uh, and she is bringing together these heads of business for her early years project, Shaping Up, Shaping Us. Oh, my God, I always get that wrong. Shaping Us. <laughs> To transform the way society views the importance of the early years and involving firms worth tens of billions of pounds. I think this is kind of incredible. I mean, it it does seem like we're not sure exactly what the action is yet, but 
this is really like it feels like there's she's involving people that can get these things done and talk about the future of their workforce, about childcare, about parental leave, about all of these things that are so, so important and that we really truly need. And I was reminded, though, of Megan's work with Marshall Plan for Moms, which is now Moms First, and the paid leave for all. Archwell has joined in coalitions for both of those, including the National Business Coalition for Child Care. So it did remind me of that as well. Yeah, I absolutely love Moms First, by the way. I just was going to say that I think that there's been so much backlash with this effort for Kate, you know, in terms of tactical yeah, steps that she's taking. But I really wasn't mad about Kate's efforts yesterday with this this approach because I do think that supportive parents does start with these businesses and it ultimately helps these kids that are under fives in their early years because it's so systemic and it is kind of a complex area to tackle that she can't really affect too much policy change. It can't get too political. But I liked this note about her intention, which is that her ultimate intention, that Kate's reiterated her desire to make early childhood the societal equivalent of climate change by ensuring that social ecosystems are protected with as much vigor as environmental ecosystems. And for me, that makes a lot of sense because, again, she's going to like the root of the parental stress and aiming for Mm -hmm. a ripple effect that helps the kids. I know that a lot of these benefits are built into the UK's just as a, a global government for moms, but I think that this feels mm-hmm. very tactical and I I liked this. I thought that it felt a step in the right direction. It definitely is. And I think you're so right that within the framework of being a royal, how much I think the criticism is how much can she actually accomplish until she pushes the boundaries. But this feels like she's pushing the boundaries a little bit and stepping out of her lane to include CEOs, C-suite executives into the p- equation of shaping us shaping yeah because if this is a task force then the private sector people in that room can then have this ripple effect and then hopefully it helps carers thrive which helps the kids thrive i do think it's still complicated to sometimes extract exactly what is achieved but i liked yesterday Should we move on? Mothering Sunday. More Kate inclusions. (laughs) But basically, we did kind of get some intel on Mothering Sunday, how it's spent from our friends across the pond. It's a family-focused day, homemade gifts and cards. Then a traditional Sunday roast is usually how it's spent. Sounds very similar to the U.S. Mother's Day minus the Sunday Do you ever get like the like – I get like a little bit of a panic every time I see it because I'm like, oh my God, did I forget Mother's Day? I and know. it's always in March and ours is always in May and I forget every year. So. It's actually like Glad a really good kick in the pants to organize, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm, what do I need mm-hmm. to do to start prepping gifts for friends or whoever it is that you want to celebrate on the U.S. Mother's Day? And Mothering Sunday and Mother's Day UK, that's the same thing. It's the same thing. You say Happy Mother's Day on Mothering Sunday. We need to clarify this just to make sure we're getting it right. But my favorite thing of the whole day, and I'm going to make this kind of quick, but was just the true just outpouring of social media love for the moms. Like you had uh, the royal family Instagram shared Charles and the queen. He looked like this little cherub, so darling. And the queen, I just like in her youth, she's just so striking. You had a pic of So many people said Charles looks like Harry with that red hair. I loved it. The strawberry blonde. Yeah. You had Camilla with Rosalind. And Shand, her mom, and they had that note about for people missing their moms, which is very true. And we are very um, 
thinking of that as well. You had a shot of Kate and the kids. It, I liked Matt Porteous, the photographer. It was from that shoot, that holiday card shoot from Norfolk. But he shared some snaps that weren't on Kate and William's feed where it's a little bit of a closer crop and you can really see the, a little bit more detail. But I thought that that was a really great pick of, you know, and seeing Kate with Louie, it made me think back to their christening photo of Kate and Louie that Matt Porteous also took, which was this really kind of tight image of the two together. By the way, Louie turns five on April 23rd, which I'm in my head about. It's time moves so A fast. A month away. Wow. Eugenie and August in that field, also so beautiful. But my absolute favorite, I'm sure it was you, yours too, was James and Carol with a little Kate Middleton in the background. Did you see because that? Because this is also a – yes, and a secret snapshot from his wedding, which like give us all the James and Elise wedding photos, please. Just I like a big dump. I love to see what Carol wore like, for we the just wedding. need them all. Like yeah. please all give them to Hello. In a carousel. The exclusive. I just want to know. And it looks like the most fun wedding. Everyone had the best time probably because it wasn't being shared anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, true. They weren't like official photographers. Um, I know, and Kate in the background, like wearing what I honestly think might be that mint green dress that you bought and returned. It looks so much like it. That's the just based on one sleeve. I still have regrets about that. I keep thinking about it. If I had only found my tailor sooner, I would have kept it. And now it's nowhere to be found. I, I occasionally look, but it's no nowhere in my size. Womp womp. The Royal Sleuths, though, pointed out it was Kate, and that was incredible. We got a lot of DMs about that. All right. Is it time, Rachel? Yes. The Corey Corner. Can we get a new audio that says Corey Corner? Gather around the Corey Corner. You'll just do team. it. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. So bad. I'm so sorry. You have to it hear works. that accent. All right. Quickly, before we get into our highs and lows, uh, this news that George, Charlotte, and Louis will be involved in the coronation right around that photo of Mothering Sunday. The London Times reported that the kids will join Kate and Will in a carriage behind the king and queen who will be in the gold state coach for the procession following the coronation. So this is after going from Westminster Abbey to Buckingham Palace. George, who will be he is nine, could even be in the ceremony, just like we heard Camilla's grandkids will maybe be involved in that um, anointing of the oil. They might hold the thing that covers him while they do that. Uh, Charlotte, who will be eight, and Louis, who will be five. Their roles are still TBD. They will probably just be in the congregation, but it's thought that George will be involved, so that's exciting. This one other update, Rachel. Harry needs to be in London May 9th for this trial against the Mirror Group. Does this mean he definitely will be there for the coronation? I feel like this is all speculation. But it is shaping up to look like he might be because of this trial date pending byline investigates reports that he has to be in London for a trial in person since he is going to take the witness stand. The first royal to take the witness stand? Wow. So sounds like that's going to happen. I know. I, I think the logistics of it make sense for him to attend the coronation and then just stay on for this. But who knows? Who knows? Did I mention last week the herb strewer? Yes. Did I tell you? Okay, I did. Okay. <laughs> that's my favorite coronation thing yes. so far. So <laughs> I keep bringing up. The one thing I didn't put here in this rundown, Rachel, but I wanted to say is that uh, there's this report that 87 local councils aren't spending anything on the coronation. They don't want to spend anything for the parties. And everyone's upset about it. But I thought, you know, Omen astutely pointed out that some of these places, they're trying to keep, you know, library doors open, keep roads maintained and so this just isn't top of mind and I think it would be great if 
you know, the royals were able to kind of give these local councils the party. And I don't know what that looks like, but it should be something that maybe they can help out with since they are spending a lot on this. The last little thing is that Rachel and I are officially going over for the coronation and we want to see all of you. So we are hosting a listener meetup in London. Stay tuned for more details on that and let us know if you're going over and would love to meet. Yeah, send us a note. We want to know. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low is this little tidbit from last night that Andrew might be cosplaying a royal at the Royal Victorian Order service yesterday. The service is held every four years at St. George's Chapel. Kate and William missed it yesterday. They both had prior engagements. Kate with the business task force. William had a meeting for Earthshot. But the palace kind of lied by omission by just not saying Andrew was there or not there in the court circular. And a source confirms to one of the tabloids that Andrew was there and was dressed in full regalia for this service. I don't know. It's not publicized, but it just feels like they're letting him do his thing behind closed doors and that that's kind of a way back in for him. So I don't like it. What's your low, Rachel? Yeah, I agree. My low is just this revelation from Trump that in a new book that I'm not even going to, I don't, I don't know anything about it. I don't care about the details, but that he said that Diana wanted to kiss his ass. Am I allowed to say ass in this podcast? Um, it fl- I'm flipping it to a pseudo high because <laughs> Charles Spencer waited and I'm just loving his takes. Like when he hops on Twitter and talks about what's going on, he said in a tweet that he's surprised to hear that Donald Trump is apparently claiming that my late sister Diana wanted to kiss his arse since the one time she mentioned it to me when he was using her good name to sell some real estate in New York, she clearly viewed him as worse than an anal fissure. Whoa, that is some shade. I thought that was kind of an amazing response. So aloha, is that allowed too? It's allowed. It is allowed. (laughs) And I love that that was his clapback for Diana. It's so good. Um, My high is the new crown pictures. The St. Andrews filming is underway for these scenes of Kate and William meeting at St. Andrews. And it's amazing. But I think my real high is some TikToks posted by students of St. Andrews that are like, cheering while the filming is going on which I'm confused how they are allowed to be doing that with sound and everything like how does the boom not pick that up but it just is amazing that they're like go get her William go get her yes how do these the actors are remain in, how yeah how do the actors remain in character why can't they close down the whole thing I guess it's a university so of course they can't but it's just funny what's your high Rachel just all the headlines that have popped up from Fergie's interview on Kelly Clarkson last week where she talked about how her and Di were arrested, Diana, at her hen party in 1986, that they were impersonating police officers and got busted, and they flipped their engagement rings around, and Diana stole potato chips from the front seat, and then they finally revealed their identities. Everything about it just is hilarious to me, and also a good reminder to go back and reread Fergie's memoir, My Story, which was published in 1996 when she got separated or divorced officially from Andrew. So anyways, just thought those... The photos are so good. Details. The photos of... I can't I can't even recognize Diana in those. It's so, so funny. funny. Their relationship was darling. Yeah. Good. I was, that was actually a, 
royal trivia book question that was on the cutting room floor that we had to nix because of womp, space womp, requirements. Womp. But I know, <laughs> but we had a whole question about Fergie and Diana and it included this snippet about dressing up. So I love it. All right, just a reminder before we close, please, please, please leave us a royal rating. We would love, love, love a five-star review. I can't say that enough although I do say it every week, but it would be we great would love it. if we could have some new kind reviews. If you like listening to us and send us an email info at gallerypodcast.com. If you're going over for the coronation, we'd love to meet up for the listener meetup that we have planned. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And till next week, God, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.